Are you totally different when it comes to sex and copulation? Have you judged yourself out of receiving pleasure? Have you judged yourself into receiving pleasure in certain ways and excluded other ways? Would you like to know more about what else is possible with bodies? Would you like to create confidence in the bedroom and beyond? How is your sex life or lack of it affected other areas of your life? Everyone has the potency to be a sexual superhero. Get ready Ready to listen, sense, and play with the sexualness that is you. Now, here is the host of The Pleasure Zone, pleasure diva and body whisperer, Milica Yelenich. Good evening, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome to The Pleasure Zone. You found it. You're so smart. You found The Pleasure Zone. No, most of you, you stick your hand down your pants and eventually you find The Pleasure Zone in here. You just you clicked on something and you got the pleasure zone. Geniuses, geniuses, you clicked on the right button and I bet you click on the right button on other occasions in your life too. So fun to have you listeners coming on, listening and now and in the future. So if you are listening right now, right now as we are live, that's so fun. And if you're getting the podcast, how fun is that? How fun is it that there are podcasts and how fun is it 200 shows in the archives in the podcast on Inspired Choices Network under the Pleasure Zone? Crazy. You could listen to this show for 200 hours straight. That's like a full-time job. Just saying. You're more than welcome to do that. I know I'm not going to pay you for it, but enjoy and have gratitude that, hey, you didn't have to pay for it either. How cool is that? So tonight we're going to have a conversation, a very serious conversation about some really weird stuff. We're going to be talking about common and uncommon aphrodisiac. Let me tell you, my research today almost made me throw up in my shoes. It almost made me laugh till I cried. And it almost made me uh, run screaming in holy terror. That's what the research on aphrodisiacs did for me. The research itself was not an aphrodisiac. That is something I'd like to let you guys know. So what 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 is an aphrodisiac? What is that anyways? You know, here we are talking about them. What this is, what is this crazy word? And we're going to talk about some common aphrodisiacs. We're going to talk about lesser known aphrodisiacs or at least some of the aphrodisiacs you might not have ever wanted to know about and wish that maybe you stopped listening, but really you're so intrigued you want to listen. It's kind of like when somebody says, don't smell that rotten milk, and you have to smell it anyway. It's kind of like what this show is going to feel like, I think. So what is it? What are they? And, you know, are aphrodisiacs just things you eat, or can you smell aphrodisiacs? Are they? What are they? What are they oriented? What senses are required for an aphrodisiac to be qualified as an aphrodisiac? What if there are aphrodisiacs we never even thought of, like maybe it's an aphrodisiac? I find that if I trust people, I can be turned on in their presence. It's a magical thing. And, you know, I think that trust and certain other things also... Uh, trigger different hormones in the body, just like some of the foods that we'll be talking about, some of the scents we'll be talking about, um, and some of the other ideas I have around aphrodisiacs. So for this very first section, we're going to talk about some of the common aphrodisiacs, or what would be considered more common aphrodisiacs, ones you might have heard about, probably. So what is it? What is it indeed? So aphrodisiac actually comes from the root of the Greek word Aphrodite. When you look at aphrodisiac, you can see that. Aphrodite, right? So it's a love potion, essentially. So aphrodisiac is a love. And the Greeks actually just referred anything that was an aphrodos was anything pertaining to Aphrodite, the goddess of love. You can also have an anaphrodisiac, something that turns you off. There are some um, some things we'll be talking about tonight, which one of them are scents, and some of the scents that turn you on are really some of the foods when you eat them are considered anaphrodisiacs, but sometimes when you smell them are considered aphrodisiacs. So kind of interesting. Um, they actually have said, some of the research I was reading too, was saying that pretty much every food on the planet at some point has been considered an aphrodisiac to some degree or other. And some things that you wouldn't even consider foods and not normally stick in your mouth for anything and not even stick in your mouth and be paid to stick it in your mouth are considered aphrodisiacs. So 
We'll get to some of those that may freak you out and wiggling in your pants fantastically. Um, we will get to those. But first, we're going to talk about some of those super common ones and what makes them aphrodisiacs. Uh, one of the, the commonalities between all the aphrodisiacs that I missed was that a lot of them are things that will increase blood flow. Why does that make aphrodisiac? Well, guess what? Blood flow to the penis equals erections. Ta-da! Also, blood flow to the clitoris and blood flow to the vagina equals turn on. ta so that's kind of the underlying common theme of aphrodisiacs that are food-related that have been said to have some kind of common, um, that really have been shown to have a result. And, and there's also research that says that other than the blood flow, there isn't a lot of merit to these aphrodisiacs. So a heck of a lot of fun. So we're going to talk about them anyway. They are saying that um, if there is a problem with blood flow, though, that a lot of these aphrodisiacs can increase blood flow, so that's a bonus. But for other things that might be hormonal-related or um, although they do talk about some of the foods having, like, triggering hormones and stuff, they're also saying that some of these things uh, just don't have the effect that... But let's talk about them anyway, because it can be fun. So... One of the first ones, oh, I'm going to take a deep breath because I'm sitting in an interesting position on my bed, all cozied up, surrounded by my big, big, comfy blankie, and I'm in, in like this awkward yet comfortable position, but it's only awkward for talking. It's awkward for, um, say, like receiving oral sex. It's a great position for that. And but it's just not the best position for talking on the radio. But I, now that I've given you guys that visual, did, is that visual like a bit of an aphrodisiac for you? Okay, good. I'm going to do random aphrodisiac visuals for you during the show, I think. We'll see how that turns out. So some of the common um, the common edibles, we'll call them. Not edibles as in marbles, but definitely edibles, things we would eat, are things like ginseng. And pretty old, an older um, recognized aphrodisiac. It's something that they've been using in Asian cultures for a very long time. Um, they just say that it calms the nervous system uh, and it has uh, like effects on the nervous system that uh, actually alter the hormones. So some doctors have studied this. There's a doctor by the name of Dr. Josh Axe, and he's actually studied the effects of ginseng on bodies and sexual performance. So he has uh, some information in an article about that. And they have ginseng-like effects on the nervous system, which basically means it helps them calm down and it um, increases different hormones. It releases different hormones in the body. So ginseng. Uh, number two, we have quite a few of these, so don't worry about listing them. You can listen to this over and over again. Um, I found this information in articles from Cosmopolitan, Reader's Digest, uh, some some other kind of... Uh, those were the two main ones that I used for the common aphrodisiacs, in case you guys wanted to look them up. So uh, apples is another one. That is a pretty cool aphrodisiac, which you can get everywhere and anywhere, pretty much. In North America, apples, we have them growing down the road. In the fall, you can find them just dripping off of trees that are like 120 years old. And it is free aphrodisiacs falling off trees all over the place. They call them deer apples, and I don't know if it turns the deer on or not, but apparently it's going to turn people on. So which is funny because actually apple seeds have, uh, if, if they're poisonous, they have arsenic in them. So I suppose as long as you just eat the apple, not the seeds, you won't be turned on. You'll just be turned on. But if you start eating too many of those seeds, mind you, you need to take a lot of those seeds, um, you could die. Just say So saffron is one. So some of these you're going to notice are pretty common foods, and some are foods you might not have used that often in your life. And, and some of these you might just want to like go home and, and make an, a meal made out of every single one of these things I mentioned. Wouldn't that be crazy? It just might taste so good that you're turned on. It's hard to say. So let's get back to saffron. 
So saffron um, apparently has an impressive evidence uh, that it has an effect on sex. Saffron has a history as an aphrodisiac dating back to Cleopatra, and she reportedly actually in saffron milk for its aphrodisiac qualities. So they're saying that recent studies are showing that saffron also helps increase sperm motility, which means like the lifespan of sperm in infertile men, and um, also in their like movement and their speed and basically their their vitality, their motility uh, in infertile men. And it can decrease some of the sexual side effects from taking certain antidepressants. So um, we've talked about that on some of the others, about how different drugs will affect your libido. And so they will will essentially strip you of your libido completely. And so they're saying that saffron might actually be a way to, ingesting saffron would be a way to to change that up. Kind of of an interesting thing to try. I know that uh, in Canada we can get saffron at Bulk Barn. So it comes in little tiny strips. It's very expensive. Um, I don't know how much of it you actually need, but... I think, you know, when you're spending a lot of money on something, you also have calculated in your brain that this needs to work. And of all the things, I think your brain's thoughts are some of the greatest aphrodisiacs. Uh, so, you know, having a a huge uh, belief system put in place, like this has got to work, this will work, this will work, you know, it's um, it's our thoughts that can actually create a lot of the effect, sometimes more than whatever is contained in the foods themselves. So we're going to move along to the next one, which is kind of fun too. It is hot chili peppers. So hot chilies, you know, red hot chili peppers, they just weren't the sexiest guys on the planet with great music, but they were also an aphrodisiac. So the chili peppers, they say... um, because of the capsaicin um, makes the chilies hot. Uh, so capsaicin is, is the stuff that makes the burn happen. And it will, when you stick it on your tongue, it stimulates the nerve endings, and then it releases adrenaline and epinephrine in your body. And it's like, wah! Well, because it's pretty much because your body thinks it's on fire and there might be something wrong, so it's got to give you an adrenaline rush to go into survival mode. Uh, so it increases your heart rate and releases endorphins. Uh, you know, So it's kind of like shocking your body into being turned on in a way. Um, so that one is definitely for ingesting, not rubbing on the body. Like you don't want to rub hot chilies on somebody's nipples and you don't want to rub hot chilies on a penis or on a vulva, or an anus, or any soft, sweet spots of the body. So that is a that is a uh, reminder. Do not rub hot chilies on any sensitive body parts. And I actually say this with um, with sincerity and not like a total joke because I know somebody who hot peppers forgot about it. They were like cooking, forgot about it, went to masturbate. And we lift in holy come to Jesus moment by basically having like a burn effect. And so it took a while to heal that. And that was the capsaicin from hot chilies. Yeah, so that that wasn't just because I thought that was funny to say. It's actually because I know somebody that happened to. In most cases, I know somebody that something has happened to. The second half of this show I have, literally, I don't know anybody that anybody that's taken any of the aphrodisiacs that we'll be talking about. And not only do I not know anybody who's taken them, if I did, they would probably never admit to it. <laughs> so we'll be talking about a little bit more on the common aphrodisiacs and get into some of the more uncommon and uh, verging on the side of freakish aphrodisiacs. But first, we're going to have a commercial break. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, back after this commercial. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelissaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, everyone. Sweet pleasure seekers, you came back. Thanks for coming back. You guys are the best. And welcome back to the Pleasure Zone, where we're talking about common and uncommon aphrodisiacs. If you were with me before this, you might have heard me talking about some of the more common ones, like uh, some of the food ones, you know, like ginseng, apple, saffron, hot chili. Yeah, we went there. And so I'm just going to name a few others as well. Uh, some I agree with, some I don't agree with so much. Um, figs, I'd have to say I agree with figs um, because of, you know, they taste good for one. They're high in amino acids and uh, amino acids that actually boost sexual stamina and increase libido. So I'm um, all for figs. Um, they also talk about asparagus, which they say is, in, which is high in vitamin E and can increase blood flow. What I don't agree with is this is that um, because of the smell that comes out from your urine with asparagus, and then if you're like hypersensitive to smell, that maybe eating asparagus might turn you on, but the smell of asparagus in somebody's body through sweat or urine might be a turn-off. And even though they might have, um, for example, they might have had asparagus and they didn't like pee on you, you would maybe smell that through their pores. So maybe not so attractive. So I don't really agree so much with asparagus other than the vitamin E quality. Avocados are one they say. Um, Aztecs would say that avocados were um, definitely an aphrodisiac because the way they pronounced it, ahuacatl, I think I'm pronounced ahuacatl, avocado, like avocado, um, actually means testicle. So a lot of these foods, they, you know, claim that asparagus look like penises, but honestly, if I saw a penis that looked like an asparagus, I would run for the hills. I'd be like, what kind of funky disease do you have going on? But I agree, avocados do look like testicles, so I'm all for avocados. Bananas also look like a penis. You'll notice a lot of these look like penises, testicles, and that's, that's maybe the commonality here. So bananas you know, high in all kinds of vitamins, uh, but it's particularly the vitamin B12 that's supposed to increase uh, your energy levels while you're having sex. So, good times. Eat lots of bananas, boys and girls, and um, potassium is good for you too and all that jazz. So, chocolate's another one. If you ever look like 
at a at the cacao bean kind of also looks a bit like a testicle, just saying. And they say, too, that there's a stimulant that actually excites a sense of well-being. That sense of well-being helps you to feel a little turned on. So that's kind of fun, too. And oysters. When you look at an oyster, I don't think that it looks like a testicle per se, but when you get inside of it, it's kind of got like a sack with this thing inside of it. It's kind of like a testicle. I don't know. I'd say that most people would say that oysters are more like clams, and they refer to those more like, so that could be a turn-on. And, you know, there's there's an urban legend that actually Casanova once seduced a virgin by sliding an oyster from his lips to hers. And so, you know, that would make it an aphrodisiac right there because a man got a virgin with that. So naturally, that's an aphrodisiac. Um, they also contain a lot of zinc. Zinc is actually good for a few things. It's also good for your pancreas, if you didn't know that. So great for people who have diabetic stuff going on. That's a side note that's related to the show. And zinc also is really important in the production of testosterone and sperm production. So all good qualities to have. That doesn't necessarily like give you a boner. It'll help you have a happy time um, with your testosterone levels. Pomegranates, again, some may say they look like testicles. Hard to say. They might look like strangely depressed, maybe. Maybe they look like ovaries. I don't know. Let's go with this, guys, that probably all these fruit in some way or other looks like genitals. And that's what the the other part of the common theme is. It gives you increased blood flow and probably looks like a genital. But I think like almost everything in my brain can look like a genital, so there you go. So pomegranates. Side note, pomegranates were like considered foods of a god, so who wouldn't want to have those? That's a side note. And palms are full of oxidants, so that increases um so it increases more blood flow, but it also decreases inflammation and stuff. So that's good. Helps with your heart health. And you can drink it as, um, if you don't want to eat it with all the seeds and try and make your way through a pomegranate, you can just get palm juice, and that's good times too. Red wine is also said to help with that. I'm just going to name a few of these. Red wine, salmon, almonds, vanilla, watermelon, honey, coffee, strawberries, cherries. And that's the list of common aphrodisiacs. Some say whipped cream, but then right after that it says no dairy products. So hello very confusing. It's not aphrodisiac. It's just fun to play with, I think. So so what makes an aphrodisiac an aphrodisiac, right? What is that? Well, the common factor is that it's supposed to turn you on. Get your love juices going. Aphrodite, goddess of love. It's all about your love juices. It's the love drug. And these drugs date back to as early as the 4th century B.C., now, now, just for fun and for your entertainment, you may, you may want to, I'm just giving you guys a warning at this point, this may get weird and it, you may vomit and it's all good, it's all just information, so let's take a deep breath and we're going to go in with a completely open mind um, because I need to, because some of these get me going, what the what, I think I'm going to vomit. So we are uh, we're just going to keep having some fun on this and we're going to talk about the uncommon ones, okay? So here we go. So one of the uncommon on the list is so this one's a little hard to swallow. And I think it would actually be hard to swallow is it's actually from the Philippines. It's called and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. It's called balut B-A-L-U-T. It's a boiled duck egg that still contains a duckling embryo. So I saw a picture of that. I almost vomited, I have to say. So it's an it's actually a, a kind of like a street food in the Philippines and in Vietnam. It's considered to be the equivalent of Viagra to men in the Philippines. It's really high in protein, 
and it's considered an energy booster to stir, you know, to stir your sexual desire. And I'm like, that's a baby embryo, and there's a baby in there. Oh, yuck. Okay, that's just my interesting point of view that that's yuck, but I don't really have a lot of points of view on a lot of things, and then sometimes I do research, and I'm like, wow, I have a point of view about that. Cool, now I know. Here's another one that you may find you, you may also have a point about because it's definitely different. It's called ambergris, and I'm going to spell it for you, A-M-B-E-R, like amber, G-R-I-S, ambergris, ambergris. It's a delicacy, all right. It's, you know, it's something that you're not going to find Definitely not very often, unless you've been walking down a beach and you happen to come across whale vomit. Yeah, so this is actually from a stomach, uh, or <laughs> it's basically vomited out of a whale's stomach. And there's a chemical in the ambergris or embryon um, that apparently turns rats on, so that it might do the same for humans. That's right, whale vomit. Hmm. Yeah, just sit with that for a second. While you just about create your own vomit, right? Yes. And <laughs> there's another fun one called bird's nest soup. <clears throat> now, my mom was a chef in, um, she actually went to chef training. She was one of the, she was the second year of women that was allowed to do chef training in, in um, Toronto at George Brown College. Um, women weren't really allowed to be chefs uh, until in the last 50 years, really. It's kind of amazing. And although they could cook at home, they weren't allowed to be chefs in restaurants so much as, you know, they could help, but they weren't top chefs. So I remember my mom talking about this. Um, she didn't eat it, but she knew about it because she had uh, an Asian roommate. <laughs> so she learned a lot of stuff about food that um, we normally don't hear about. Like the average person might, might not hear this. So it's called bird's nest soup. It's a really rare dish. It goes for $900 a pound. So what occurs is they actually find nests in the wild. Um, and finding these nests can be dangerous. So it comes from a specific bird. And if you can get your, apparently it's quite amazing. And then you make the soup out of the saliva and the swiftlets uh, from the nest. All the stuff that's, that, I, I'm almost going to vomit talking about it, but it's all the stuff that actually makes the nest stick together, they make a soup out of it. Yes, they do. Good times. I know there's going to be a lot to uh, use for social media quotes on this show because a lot of these are going to make most people throw up. There's another one that may make you also want to jump out of your skin. Then I'm going to move on to some other stuff. And you guys can, I'm sure you guys can find some of this stuff that will just about churn your stomach in your own discoveries. <laughs> so there's one called Kazumarzu, which means rotten cheese. It's a Sardinian product. It's actually banned in many places around the world. Why? Because it contains live maggots, and those maggots can jump out into the eyes, and if they're still alive as they pass through into your, from your mouth into your guts, they, you can have some serious problems. You could probably die. They don't say that extremeness, but if, you know, if animals eat animals, if parasites like maggots through your guts... Um, internal bleeding, you know, there's all kinds of things they haven't mentioned in the article. I'm thinking, whoa. Um, but the Sardinians are hardcore um, in believing that that's an aphrodisiac. So maggot-filled cheese, yes, I'm leaving you on that. <laughs> so yes, I will stop. Most of you already, you need a break to go vomit, I understand. So that part of the show was not an aphrodisiac. I get that. So we're actually going to get back to turned on and give them a little break. So just pleasure zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we're going to be right back after this commercial break. 
Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a healer or coach? Have you been craving having sessions and haven't had the time? You know that you can be a greater gift when you look after you. Is now the time? Join a group of beautiful healers and coaches, men and women from around the world at a quaint retreat in Prince Edward County, Ontario, Canada, April 5th through 8th, 2019. Enjoy great food, trades with colleagues, and professionally-led group sessions. What would your life be like if you gifted this to you? For more information, contact Milica at www.milicajelinek.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with body whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at melissayelenich.com. Now back to the program. Hello, sweet pleasure seekers. Welcome back to the Pleasure Zone. Tonight we're talking about common and uncommon aphrodisiacs. So as you've been listening, you might have noticed that some of the things that I've been saying, you'd go, oh yeah, I like strawberries. Oh yeah, I don't like wall vomit. But you know, you might be like, oh, I wonder what would possess people to think of of, um, using those. So... You know what? I think what a true aphrodisiac is something that you that your body is turned on by. So as Marie Kondo would say, what sparks joy in your body? And there's food that can definitely spark joy in your body and get your body feeling alive and excited. Now that would be an aphrodisiac. So your personal aphrodisiacs will be very different than the list. You might have allergies to strawberries, so eating them and having your throat swell up and ending up in a hospital, not so sexy. You might be allergic to oysters, thinking, oh, you know what? Somebody said that will increase my sex drive. But having never had had an oyster in your life, and you go to eat it, and then you're like dying, um, you know, not an aphrodisiac. So totally encourage you to check the for what turns it on. You might be that person who loves hot chilies, um, but then, you know, your lover might be that person who, if they eat hot chilies, they have burning poo the next day, and that's not sexy for them. So, got to check your body. Like, body, what's an aphrodisiac for you? So, so one of the questions in the chat room is, with strawberries, is it the actual fruit or or the sensations with our taste buds? So they actually say that it's the actual fruit, that um, there's a little bit of a history behind strawberries, one that is, um, when they talk about strawberries, they say that strawberries, they actually look like a heart shape, and there is like a Greek myth that goes with that, which let me see if I can find that. So, so the legend says that strawberries originated from the heart-shaped tears of Aphrodite after she learned of her lover Adonis's death. Modern-age strawberries are anything but a bummer. Um, but some of the strawberries used to, and if you've ever had wild strawberries, it can be very small and very sweet. And then there are other strawberries you can get, depends on their breed. They can be more sour, so it depends on the strawberries you've got, where they're growing, uh, are in them, what what breed they are. Um, 
but it's actually the vitamin C that helps for the production of sex hormones when it comes to strawberries, um, helps with the chemical neurotransmitting to increase libido. So, yeah, vitamin C in general is great for reducing inflammation and uh, assisting with your your um, your immune system being healthy and just vitamin C is just one of those things that bodies require. So, yeah, strawberries. Isn't that cute? Yeah, good times. Well, part of, um, yeah, vitamin C, like thing, inflammation. If your body has less inflammation in it, it will have less pain and less cramping and less uh, all kinds of stuff. It'll also have uh, less gunk, that sludge, like, for example, like... Um, like yeast, right, which slows you down, loses your energy in general. So if you're killing off the things that are um, pulling energy out of your body, like like yeast infections, then you'll increase your energy, um, also increasing your sex drive. Yay! So vitamin C is great for, uh, on a really practical level, for helping the body heal. So, so... Let's get some fun aphrodisiacs that are scent-oriented. Um, and I think some of these are really cute. I looked up a, a bunch of them, but there's some really common ones. There's, For example, we know that human pheromones, um, ironically this wasn't in any of the stuff that I found, but human pheromones are an aphrodisiac. Like I find um, even, you know, like a home and... Uh, wherever, if I've been out for the day, my husband loves smelling my neck. His favorite thing in the world to do is, before he'll do anything, I will hardly ever get kisses from him, but he'll smell my neck like every day, like five times a day. Even before bed, he'll just lean over and smell my neck. I like smelling his pits. He likes smelling my neck. We're two little freaks sniffing each other out, like puppies, essentially. And so for... And then it makes his body really happy, and it's like I can just see his whole body relax when he smells my neck. So it's really cute. And so some scents are not scents bottled up that you can buy. Some of them are you. And how cool is it if you can be an aphrodisiac for your lover, right? <laughs> some very fun comments in the chat room. I dare anybody to go in there and find out more about my private life. <laughs> so... so. Um, it's, yeah, what, like, how fun is it? Just, like, play with that concept. What if you, what if the smell of you is the greatest aphrodisiac for your lover, right? So I think that's a pretty fun thing to to contemplate. And if you don't feel like it is, like, can you ask your body to, you know, allow its smell to change, to be the greatest aphrodisiac for your lover? So it's, you know, I think more and more when you look at when you look at how people have tried to perfumes throughout history, a lot of perfumes are trying to mimic basically pheromones from people's bodies, and they've never really met pheromones because everybody's body is completely unique and will give off a different sort of uh, nuance to different people. So my nuance for my husband may be different than a nuance I might give off around somebody else. Uh, might be a different nuance that I give off even in front of my daughter, right? So your pheromones will be directed at the person around you. Your body's intelligent that way. Your body knows who it would like to be attractive to. And your body chain smells. For example, my body can get a super funk going when I'm really not interested in it, like I'm kind of like a skunk and my body will go, go, go like skunkified and will let off a smell that I'm like, holy jeebs, like man, my body is not interested in anything with somebody when it goes into skunk mode. It's pretty funny um, and so smart. So body, you're so smart. Thank you so much. So remember to thank your body, talk to your body and ask body what if I could be, you know, what if we could smell like the greatest aphrodisiac for our lover? Mm-mm-mm. Good time. And if if you're just not buying my game on that and you're like, I don't know how, I don't know how to do that, that crazy thing called asking, 
I don't know how to ask, and I don't know how things are going to change. So I just want some real hard evidence here, lady. Give me something real. Well, I'm going to give you something real. So some real things that you can do, real, real, like, because they're so real, they're not real. They're um, scents that you'd have to add to your body, uh, like jasmine. Jasmine is super popular uh, as a perfume scent, and it's considered an aphrodisiac for both men and women. Lavender, uh, as well as different florals and cedar and patchouli, they've been used for oh hundreds, I would think thousands of years. When you look at you look at ancient temples, Hindu temples, um, and you could get oils outside of them. People were using these scents for a very long time, probably also to mask the smell of dead burning. But fantastic also for um, smelling something nice in the air. And there's also things like Lang Lang, spelled Ylang. Some people call it Ylang Ylang. I call it Lang Lang. Uh, it increases libido. And there are other scents that are like vanilla, you know, that you could smell in cooking. And for me, like smelling, smelling something like I love the smell of coffee cooking, but I don't like the smell of coffee breath, and I don't like the smell of like, um, like old coffee. Like if coffee sat in a pot for a few days, not so attractive. But I like the smell of fresh coffee. Um, and I could just like put coffee in a room and use that as uh, like a room scent instead of, you know, some people like put in lavender room. I could just have coffee smell room. It smells so good. And and there's a um, comment in the chat room that um, one of the listeners really loves the smell of man's sweat. Me too, by far. I I have smelled some man's sweat that I don't like, but I, you know, know, like if 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 I'm attracted to somebody, their sweat is like gold to me. So it's pretty fun, and I love that. And bread is a great another smell. I love the smell of baking in general. So all these smells that just like make your body go, mmm, yummy. Like I love the smell of chocolate chip cookies baking. And um, like melted chocolate, I love that smell too. And even though I don't eat meat, I love the smell of roast beef. And it's weird, but I love that smell. It reminds me of my grandma. I also love the smell of roast potatoes with onions. And another strange smell I love is this combination smell that reminds me of my other grandmother, which is I had this little old European grandma. Well, she was little to me because I'm like six feet tall. She was probably five foot six. I don't know. She was tiny to me, though. And she always had uh, flowers, and they're called night stalker in uh, English. And the smell comes out like when the sun goes down, the smell comes up. So in the summer, my grandmother would pick these night stalker flowers and they would bloom and they're and they're so the flowers are incredibly small but they're so uh the smell is so distinct and so beautiful and it you could just bring like one flower bud in your room and your whole room would smell like night stalker combination of night stalker and my grandma's bean soup together is like an ideal smell for my heart it makes my heart so happy so and I hardly ever get that smell and combination together unless it's summertime and it happens to be a year that I grew Night Stalker, which doesn't happen very often. It's, a, um, it's just like a lovely smell. Um, ironically, my Serbian grandmother, who was very pious in many ways, um, she loved the smell of this, but in Serbian, the name of the flower is actually like street walker like hooker so i always thought it was really funny that my very pious grandmother loved the smell of uh, a flower that's basically called a hooker she's the cutest so so smells like what smells turn you on uh what smells excite your body sometimes you'll even just be talking about smells and it'll excite your body like the smell of of um you know a lover's armpit is like mm, that excites my body i love that and so it doesn't have to be the common ones, because some of the common ones really turn me off in a lot of ways. Like there's some floral smells that make me want to chuck, and they're just so, I just feel like they're really high-pitched is what I would call them. They're just so high-pitched, and they're just like, ugh. 
Um, yes, and there is something I will be talking about, which was mentioned in the chat room, but I do have it on my list. But I think the greatest, and I will, maybe I'll mention it now and talk about it more after, I think the greatest aphrodisiac of all, both to ingest and to smell, is your lover's juices, by far. So whether it's like diving in nose first into of you know into the vulva, getting the vagina, like digging in and having a great time. If your lover doesn't have endometriosis or you know vaginal or bacterial vaginosis or some kind of infection going on, then your lover if she doesn't have an infection going on, then that vulva is probably smelling absolutely like the most delicious anything on the planet that you could probably never mimic with any other thing ever. And then what about, you know, can have you enjoyed your own? Can you actually, like, go and explore your own juices on your body? So Mama Gina, in her Pussy Reclamation book, she'll she'll go in and she'll get her pussy juices and put them behind her ears and she'll rub them on her neck and put them on her wrists and she perfumes herself with her own pussy juice. And that woman's freaking genius. So heck yeah, use your own juices, enjoy your own juices. And like when you start to really enjoy your own juices, then it's really fun to have your partner enjoy them too. But if you've never enjoyed yours, if you're judging them, you know, get that that's probably 99% crap unless you have some kind of infection going on. If you have an infection going on, get that looked after. But if you don't have an infection going on, either you just need to find a lover who absolutely appreciates and adores your body to get that that's true, that your body is scrumptious and delicious. Um, because if you got a lover who's not enjoying it and loving it to bits, maybe it's time for a new lover. So just something to consider. So definitely the smell, um, smell of like I love I love the smell of testicles, really do. I'm that kind of weird girl who will like like to stick my face into man's crotch. I just like to bury my in there, smell up the testicles, like the smell of all that. Like there's just this beautiful sweaty salty like love it, love it, love the smell of a penis, love the smell of balls on a super super lovely day just it really smell balls i feel like if a man has a bath even if he has a bath balls are going to smell good that's what i know yes i'm weird that way so much to see in this show because so many things turn me on like the world is an aphrodisiac when you really like really start to enjoy life so many things can become an aphrodisiac breathing can be a freaking aphrodisiac or an ephrodisiac, whatever that is, but an aphrodisiac too. So we're going to head to our last book. So you're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices and Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a healer or coach? Have you been craving having sessions and haven't had the time? You know that you can be a greater gift when you look after you. Is now the time? Join a group of beautiful healers and coaches, men and women from around the world at a quaint retreat in Prince Edward County, Ontario, Canada, April 5th through 8th, 2019. Enjoy great food, trades with colleagues, and professionally led group sessions. What would your life be like if you gifted this to you? For more information, contact Milica at www.milicajelinek.com.
This is the Pleasure Zone with Body Whisperer Melissa Yelenich. To participate in the program today, please call in the U.S. Call 815-880-8255. That's T-A-L-K. Or Canada 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email at MelitzaYelenich.com. Now back to the program. Pleasure Seekers, Simple Zone. What have we been talking about today? Let's do a little recap. We've been talking about common and common aphrodisiacs. Everything from strawberries to whale barf. Everything from chocolate to your lover's neck. All of that and everything in between. And there are some things, like I mentioned at the top of the show, that there are some things that maybe when you eat are not an aphrodisiac, but when you smell are, um, something like popcorn actually falls into that category. They say that uh, popcorn is one of those erotic scents. My mom would just, it smells like people who have peed their pants and then the pee dries. So everybody's very unique in that front. If you tried to turn my mom on with popcorn, that would definitely not work. So know what is a turn-on scent for your lover um, and what isn't. You know, um, my dad would have the theory that smelling like garlic would be an aphrodisiac to him because he thinks it smells fantastic. Meanwhile, everybody else who smells him, his breath, and his sweat after his 32 cloves of garlic that he eats every day of spring kind of want to run away. You know, it does get his blood cleaned up and going, so it could be an aphrodisiac for him and that his blood's pumping better, and I don't really want to know the rest, but saying sometimes sometimes what you think is an aphrodisiac for you might not turn your partner on, so check that out. Arrange what works for you guys so the smells are, are working for you, getting you turned on, getting you going, getting you aroused. Um, before we leave for the day, I want to let you guys know you might have been listening to commercials or you might have zoned out and that's okay too if you did. Um, we something really cool coming up April 5th to 8th, 2019 if you're listening to this in the future. Um, I have a retreat going on in Prince Edward County, Ontario, Canada. There are a couple of spaces left for coaches and healers if you're interested in coming out for a weekend of trades, fun, play. Uh, vegetarian meals are all included in the event along with accommodations you just need to uh, locate me find me you can find me on facebook if you like the event is also on facebook under spring coaches and healers retreat um so you can find the information on there or send me a message through my um through my website as well so melitzajelenic.com that's m-i-l-i-t-a-j-e-l-e-n-i-c and you can send me a message through my through my website, that would work as well, um, or through social media, through Facebook. I get those pretty fast. So until I hear from you guys again, unless you're writing to me sooner, stay tuned in and turned on until next week when we're going to talk about the beauty zone after it. Thank you for choosing to listen to The Pleasure Zone. Melissa Yelenich will return next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.